Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Tim Angelillo, who is the founder and CEO of Sourced Craft Cocktails. His website is sourcedcraftcocktails.com. And without further ado, Tim, welcome to the show. Jen, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I'm really excited. We have already talked offline extensively about this recession-proof product <laughs> that you are uh, fortunate to uh, kind of be on top of. And so, um, you know, first and foremost, you know, I think at the time of this recording, we're about halfway through the year. I thought I'd ask you, how's 2021 treating you so far? Oh, super blessed. Um, awesome. It's been, you know, for sourced, uh, what we solve is alcohol distribution. So what yeah. I thought we might start with is... Let's, I, I'm going to ask you with your consumer hat on, what's your favorite spirits brand? Do you like Don Julio, Tito's? Like what, what would be your go-to spirits brand? Margaritas, Tim. That's my jam. Love it. So we're going to use uh, Patron okay. uh, as our example for the discussion. So now we're going to take our consumer hat off, right? We okay. like margaritas with Patron. We're going to take our consumer hat on off and we're going to put on our Wharton MBA hat. Right. We're going to look at the alcohol industry as a business, not as something we all personally enjoy on a Friday night. Yeah. Uh, so the business of alcohol is a $254 billion a year mm-hmm. annual U.S. marketplace. So it's a very big addressable market. And my favorite part, it's literally recession proof. And yeah. I'll prove it to you. There have been 13 economic declines in this country in the last 100 years. And in every single one of them, the consumption of alcohol actually increases in a bad year. World war increase, great recession increase. So you could say, okay, what about a pandemic? U.S. consumers enjoyed 14% more ounces of alcohol in 2020, the worst economic year of a generation than in 2019. So when you think about the business of alcohol, it's wow, it's $254 billion. Yeah. And it will literally never decline. In fact, when things go wrong, we as consumers numb the pain and the industry actually grows. And what Source was built to solve for was you take that massive business opportunity, mm-hmm. really big market, never declines, and you juxtapose it against the regulatory environment of how it's distributed, which hasn't innovated in 88 years. Mm. So when you think about how the alcohol industry works, the regulation that exists this evening to distribute a bottle of Patron is the exact same as December 5th, 1933. Wow. It's incredible. And it's not something that will ever change. It's the 21st Amendment to our United States Constitution. So we would argue it's a fairly formal document. And so what Source was built to do was to really bring the distribution model for the $254 billion recession-proof monster that is the alcohol industry into the 21st century because we all have one of these. This is referred to, I like to call it my remote control to life. (laughs) I have a smartphone. I have an iPhone or Android device. It gets me everything, right? Gets me my groceries, Amazon. It gets me someone else's car, Uber. It gets me 
um, someone else's house, Airbnb, right? I can rent someone else's home from my phone, but yet because of the distribution laws that have existed for 88 years, which established what's referred to as the three-tiered system, mm. legally the bottle of alcohol prior to source wasn't allowed to go to an unlicensed door. Mm-hmm. There are three kinds of doorknobs in this country as it relates to alcohol distribution. Doorknob number one is called on-premise. That's a bar. Mm. Doorknob number two is called off-premise. Doorknob number three is what we invented the distribution model. It's what we call non-premise, meaning it's not a bar or liquor store. So if 100% is the total market share of every single doorknob in this country, Jen, give me a guess. What percentage are non-premise? What percentage of doorknobs, homes, office buildings, apparel, retail stores, art galleries, give me a percentage. What percentage are not a bar or liquor store? Just give me a guess. Well, like 95%. Like... (laughs) Very close guess, 98%. Oh my God. Yeah, what Source did is we, seven years ago, opened distribution, what are called pods, new points Mm -hmm. of distribution, to 98% of doorknobs that the alcohol industry has never been able to reach. Wow. And that is why we grow oh so quickly. Yeah, no, Tim, that's incredible. And, you know, fast forward to today, you've delivered tens of millions of cocktails (laughs) legally directly to unlicensed stores. I mean, in this case, like I imagine homes and, you know, non-bars, like you mentioned and what have you. And that is just uh, incredible. And, you know, to think about these times where, like you said, our phone has kind of become our remote or our virtual assistant in a sense, or our assistant um, to just be able to open up your phone and want to order something. Um, People like that convenience today. And it's just so incredible uh, how you were able to uh, find that opportunity. And I'm curious if we can go back to, let's say seven years ago is what you mentioned you got started. How did you discover that? Yeah. So I'd actually, um, sort of an intersection of my career background and my personal life, uh, which was <laughs> sort of an interesting, it just all kind of came together at the right place at the right time. So I had actually worked in each of the three tiers of the alcohol mm. distribution. So I'd worked for a retailer, I'd worked for a distributor, and I'd worked for a brand. Yeah. Uh, because I had worked in the alcohol industry and I knew the regulatory environment very, very intimately because I had sat in each of the three seats as a business leader. Uh, and then I juxtaposed that against my personal life, it happened to be, we were introducing my daughter, uh, who is my only daughter and my third child. So she's the baby and my daughter. So she can oh, do wrong. She's a princess. Eyes. Oh, it's a big <laughs> problem. It's a big problem. And I wanted to introduce her to all my family and friends. It happened to be Super Bowl Sunday. That lets you know, like, how crazy am I? I literally put my daughter over the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, that's where she sits in my mind. She's more important than the Super Bowl, that little football game. I, pre- I appreciate that, Tim. <laughs> totally. But long story short, Super Bowl Sunday, I was introducing my Gracie girl to all our family and friends. We had 100 people come over to the house that day, and I wanted to make fresh margaritas. Mm. We're headquartered in Austin, and down here in Austin, we drink margaritas like you do, but we drink them like water. Mm. Uh, and so wow. I knew that that's what people wanted to drink, but it took me six hours to get all the ingredients and squeeze all the limes, et cetera. And then when people started coming over, I quickly found out that no one knew how to actually make their favorite drink a margarita. And mm-hmm. I ended up having to bartend the entirety of the Super Bowl. And I was super frustrated because I didn't have any fun. Like I would yeah. basically work. And the next day I was talking to uh, my business partner and co-founder, Angela Rogers. He said, oh, well, how is Gracie's coming out party. I said, it was terrible. She goes, oh, did she spit up on somebody? I said, no, not my daughter. She's perfect. She would never, (laughs) right? 
I was like, the, the problem was someone should have sourced that from my phone to my door. Mm. Like I literally had better things to do with my time because time is my most valuable resource. And I would have paid yeah. to be able to have that delivered from my phone. And there was this long pause and she was like, no. And I was like, yes, we're going to, <laughs> you know, you, you show up seven years later and we're the largest craft cocktail delivery business in the United States. Oh, that is incredible. And, um, you know, first and foremost, I just love that you love your daughter as much as you do. Like I, I always, I, you know, when I, my brother and I always like to joke that, you know, I was like daddy's favorite girl <laughs> kind of thing. And at least until my sister was born and then she kind of became the favorite, but still, uh, still favorite, still daddy's favorite. In my opinion, I will always tell myself that. Um, so I just absolutely love that. And I love that story because it, it, it showed you, like you said, like people would be willing to like get those ingredients delivered to their doorstep. So as you started to scale, Tim, you built uh, to create a, what you call a last one mile logistics solution. Can you tell us about that? Yep. Easiest thing to say, hardest thing in my career to do. Uh, <laughs> so here's sort of what makes source different. Um, not better or worse. There's a market for each uh, mm-hmm. than some of the other e-commerce players in the alcohol industry, right? Drizzly, mini bar, saucy reserve bar. Mm-hmm. We're the only entity that delivers the entirety of the experience, mm. right? The others deliver just a bottle of spirits. Um, and there's a, there's a huge market for that. And I'll, yeah. I'll equate it to the fashion industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Kohl's and there's Saks. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both great. They're just serving very different ends of the marketplace. And for source, yeah. what we've always been interested in doing is serving an affluent consumer who wants a finished experience. Yeah. They want a handcrafted margarita. They don't just want the bottle of tequila and open it up and drink half of it and feel the effect of alcohol. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so we're, we're, we were built to serve sort of that very high touch, um, very sophisticated, you know, full, complete service and really the experience with alcohol, which consumers enjoy through a cocktail. And as we felt like that was the marketplace that we could serve, it became very clear that in order to do it, we actually had to build our complete end-to-end distribution model. Mm. Uh, We own everything about from the digital ads that you see promoting 55 different cocktail expressions every day, all the way down to literally we put it on your front doorstep and we own the entire logistics process end to end. And for us, what that meant was we had to get very, very good with the technology. So we built our own ERP, um, fancy wow. talk for logistics software, uh, and we built it custom from scratch. Uh, because in any one of our cocktail kits, uh, there are anywhere from eight to 20 different components that go mm. into making that kit. And so when you think about the supply chain, nine different U.S. markets, 20 widgets, if you will, per kit, 55 kits every day. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of supply chain management of you have to have the right raw ingredients. It has to come in at the right time. It has to be prepared by the right labor. Uh, and it has to go out the door because every day we have a shot clock. The other thing that makes us unique is that if you order by two o'clock in New York City, it's on your doorstep that evening between four and eight. Wow. You think you should have to wait three weeks? Who who decides they want a cocktail three weeks from now? I said <laughs> I wanted it today. I want it now, you know? And that's, you know, sort of the proposition of sourced is we sit at this intersection of mobile convenience, your phone to your door, same day service. 
and highly curated experience so that you're having the best possible craft cocktail experience because we were built from the use case of your time is important. It was important to me to spend time with my daughter and my friends. And that moment of gathering, whether it's virtual or in person, is something that we try to create as a memory by elevating the experience you're having with alcohol into a perfect cocktail. Yeah. I love that, Tim. It's like, you don't settle for less. You're very specific with the demographic that you want to tailor to and serve. And, uh, I imagine that, um, I wonder if that was, did you consider that a risk at first kind of thing like, Oh, will will these people be interested in this kind of experience? I think it's, that's a great question. And I think it's a great question for your audience specifically based on, um, sort of why they follow the podcast. Um, any entrepreneurial endeavor, only 70% of the information is known and you got to jump, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We refer to that as the special forces, the Marines phase of a company, right? When you think about special forces, they only know 70% of the information and they fire up the chopper and can't wait to go. Yeah. Uh, All these studies that have been done, if they wait until 98% of the information is known, the enemy knows you're coming, that's the wrong time to go. But that yeah. means there's a risk of 30% of, I don't know what's going to happen. And I think with a, any startup, that really is true, is that we had looked at a lot of the big macro trends. We had looked at um, mobile uh, cell phone penetration. We had looked at e-commerce shopping. We had yeah. looked at the movement of craft cocktails, gaining share from beer and wine. We knew 70% of inf- information, but you're 100% correct. We built an entirely new way to enjoy a category, alcohol, that people had um, used for centuries, but no one, we built our own marketplace. So that was a big uh, risk for us. uh, And we were very fortunate. Some of those big macro trends ended up being true. Uh, And the pandemic obviously um, fast forwarded our growth (laughs) in a very significant way as we all got locked at home, but we wanted to keep while locked at home. Uh, And for Sourced, it really moved the needle forward very, very dramatically, both for our business as well as e-com in general, for the alcohol industry, and I'll give you a specific stat that Bloomberg News just came out with, mm-hmm. $254 billion, right? That's the size yeah. of the TAM. Yeah. E-commerce went from 2% to 20%. Wow. As a result of the pandemic. Yeah. $50 billion little pond that Sourced is leading on the finished experience side with others that deliver a bottle very successfully like Drizzly and their recent acquisition from Uber. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is incredible. I'm curious, Tim, as you mentioned, uh, you help these alcohol brands be in nine markets across the US. Um, any any of the markets that really stood out to you are like most popular <laughs> that you have come to find? Yeah, no, it's great. I think the thing that we've come to find is that each market is got its own um, sort of unique flavor profile, mm-hmm. which is the fun part for us, right? Yeah. We're designing these cocktail expressions And we really get to do it on two axes. We get to do it from a time of year perspective. Mm -hmm. You're going to drink a different expression when it's cold outside than you're going to do in the summer. And then we're designing them from a regional taste profile. So the fun part for us is how do we be relevant in Miami versus New York versus Chicago in the spring? Uh, And so you're seeing through the front end uh, that sits on Shopify, you're seeing us really change that cocktail expression to be right both to the seasonality and the regional uh, flavor profiles. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. Must that, Like you said, that must be kind of fun to be like, oh, that's interesting how this market is interested in these types of recipes, you know? <laughs> which, which also kind of brings the last piece that Source solves for is we have the largest set of data around consumption in the country. Uh, so while the alcohol industry is a CPG category, right? It's a consumer packaged good. Uh, there isn't a lot of data like there is for other categories, carbonated soft drinks, hydration, um, chips, those kinds of things. There's a lot of data of who's consuming product because of the regulatory environment and the three-tiered system, which separates retailing from distribution, from distillation. Um, there really hasn't ever been a lot of data on who's really drinking the alcohol. And so now we're able to really take that national footprint, the nine biggest cities across the country, and we're able to subset it based on who's shopping for it, who purchased, what they purchased next, you know, cut across gender, geographic, flavor profile, time of ordering, et cetera, and really provide the alcohol industry a look of who's actually what we in the alcohol industry refer to as the juice, which we mm. mean the alcohol. Who's really drinking the juice? Yeah. And what does a female who's 30 years old like to drink in Miami versus San Francisco for brunch? Mm. Answer that so that the alcohol industry now knows how to design their flavor expressions moving forward. Yeah. Well, uh, I think at this point, I'm sure people are interested, or our consumers are interested in um, getting a hold of this, getting a hold of the source craft cocktails. So tell us what that ex- um, tell us what that user experience is like for them to get started. Absolutely. Um, sourcecraftcocktails.com. Uh, it's a website uh, that we optimize for your mobile experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go on any time. Uh, we deliver uh, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, and you shop through what you like. We have three different ways to shop. You can either shop on today's menu. So that's our curated cocktail. Uh, so we built our own list based on the seasonality and where you live. Uh, you can shop by building your own kit, which is really shopping by brand. Mm. Uh, so if you like bullet bourbon, we're going to give you three different cocktail expressions to enjoy. Um, or you can shop by what we refer to as convenience. So we built the world's first fresh draft cocktail machine called Sourced on Tap. Uh, They hold 15 or 30 cocktails. There's a size of a Keurig, little coffee machine. Mm -hmm. Uh, All you have to do is pull the tap handle. So if you're like, hey, I don't want to mix anything. I just literally want to enjoy it, but I want it to be perfect because I got 10 friends coming over the backyard. Um, We literally deliver you the machine. You keep the machine. When it's empty, we come fill it up. So we're like the 1950s milk band. We're just way more fun. Oh, yeah. That's that's amazing. I'm going to have to look into that now. Um, so Tim, as we start to wrap up here, I know that there's some uh, actionable items you want to share to our listeners. Uh, first one being never quit, no matter what. Would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, I think most important lesson uh, for us entrepreneurs, um, the way we express it is tenacity. And mm-hmm. what we mean by that is want to. Like That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that we yeah. make things. And you have to want to do it because if you don't actually get up and go physically get it done, it will not happen. Right. Remember, which is sort of the second thought I like sharing with people um, is that in the doing, you know, we reinvented distribution of a marketplace that hadn't changed in almost 80 years when we started in on it. Right. Yeah. And we created an entirely new way to drink a category that people had enjoyed for centuries. So they had centuries of consumer behavior built. And we were like, yes, that's great, but let's put it with the rest of your life, a smartphone. Um, And so there's a lot of lessons that go on. And so the way we refer to those 
is it's not win or lose, right? It's not succeed or fail. It's win or learn. Mm. And that learning, by the way, it's a failure. Like you, something has not gone right and you didn't meet the KPI and you failed. Right. But it as a failure and giving up, you need to look at it as a learn. I'm not saying it tastes good, but by actually analyzing what made this fail and then reloading by applying the learning and going again, you've got a chance to continue to grow the business because those learnings, particularly the ones that are really painful are the most important part of getting to an ultimate success. Uh, And so for us, it's always about never give up. And remember the failure is the learning lesson that gets us one step closer to succeeding and just going again, right? Just reload and go, reload and go, reload and go, reload and go. Um, I think where entrepreneurs struggle is if you take the failure and stop, right? The failure is the learning lesson, learn it. And the only time you should be upset is if you have to learn the lesson twice. If you learn the lesson twice, then you'd be upset because you weren't, one of two things happen. You either didn't slow down enough to really analyze and apply learning or worse, you let your ego get in the way. Hmm. Both of which are a waste of time, your most valuable resource. So remember, never give up. And on the failures, those are the most important learning lessons. Analyze them completely, apply them wholly and go at it again. Like this next one is the next big win. Yeah, I love that, Tim. You know, I always just try to figure out other ways to say failure differently in a more positive way. So I like how you say win or learn. (laughs) And, you know, the bigger the failure, the bigger the or the more painful it is, the more lessons you will get out of that experience. Yeah, if it hurts really bad, that means you must slow down and really figure out what to learn, right? (laughs) Unless you want to hurt that bad again. And none of us do. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. Some people want to sit in their pain. I mean, anyway, conversation for another time. Okay. So Tim, one last thing before we get going, I know that you are really excited because you are launching with the Brooklyn Nets. So tell us about that. Absolutely. We have been doing what we call IP driven cocktail kits. So we did one with the U S open tennis tournament. Uh, We did one. I made the most dramatic cocktail ever with the bachelor and the bachelorette with Warner brothers and ABC. And we're really excited about our next project with the Brooklyn Nets. So um, you, during the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals, you'll be able to order a nothing but Nets cocktail kit, uh, the official cocktail kit of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, It'll have co-branded custom glassware as well as a really great bullet bourbon cocktail. And it's something just while you tune in um, to basketball, you can actually enjoy a proper cocktail while watching from home. Awesome. Well, kudos to you, Tim. That sounds really exciting. I mean, just your whole journey so far has just sound like a ton of fun. <laughs> it really has that at the end of the day, what we source is joy. We bring you fun, uh, yeah. complicated. It's not political. It's not controversial. It's just literally our job is to bring you something that's the highest possible quality with the most amount of convenience. Uh, and we're supposed to have fun and enjoy it. And that's a real blessing in this world today. Yeah. Wow. I think that's a great way to wrap up our conversation, Tim. Uh, But I also just always like to cover my bases just in case. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we go? Uh, Jen, it has been an absolute honor to be with you guys today. Thank you so much for having us. And for those of you that are now thirsty, (laughs) sourcecraftcocktails.com. I love it. Once again, this is Tim Angelillo, who is the founder and CEO of Sourced Craft Cocktails. Again, uh, order your cocktail. at sourcecraftcocktails.com. With that said, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. 
Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.